This is the 35th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. If you're new to the podcast, this project was designed to help and reach out to the friends, family, relatives, colleagues, co-workers, neighbors of Fox News fanatics. I realize I'm not going to be able to convert a Fox News fan over to the light. (laughs) they're just going to call me fake news and turn me off immediately. But if I can keep anyone from getting sucked into that vortex, I'm going to do it. And if I can show you how exactly your friends and relatives are getting manipulated, that might help you understand them better. That might help your relationship with these people a little bit better because it's hard. I think Everybody I know has someone that's gone down that path, and it's a very difficult thing to deal with. I won't say which relative, but I have a relative who is definitely a very close relative who's definitely kind of gone over, and it's it's challenging. It's challenging. So uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody today. What a day. I posted, I made a graph on a whim on the FBI website the crime tracker website, because I was actually looking for something else. And I just said, "Eh, let me just look at the violent crime rates all the way back as far as I can go back. I just want to see what I can find. And it made this beautiful graph from 1985 until today. And boy, (laughs) that was dramatic because it peaked at like 1991. And then it, it kind of slowly but surely dipped down. The lowest point was under the Obama years in 2014. And then it slowly went back up. And then what we're experiencing now is like a tiny little dip up, just a tiny little, tiny little, uh, tiny little slope. On Fox News, you'd never think that. You'd think this is the worst crime the United States has ever experienced. And that is just an absolute farce. So uh, anyway, I posted that graph, not thinking anything of it, and it went completely viral. It's gotten thousands of retweets and views, and I gained like 800 followers today on Twitter. And I was like, What? what? I've had a slow couple of weeks and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know when I'm going to hit 10,000. I don't know when I'm going to hit 10,000. Then I hit it and blew right past it and might hit 11,000 easily this week. Easily. It's just kind of hilarious. I'm going to buy a Fudgy the Whale, guys. If you if you live in New York, you know what a Fudgy the Whale is. I'm going to buy a Fudgy the Whale and put 10,000 on it because that was the goal for the whole project. I'm rambling. Let's get into it. Got a lot of fun clips. I got... I had to take a graph out this week because I had so many graphs. It's a graph week. Um, Here we go. Here's the headline. Fox News. As the midterms approach, Fox turns up the fear factor and Tucker promotes a Nazi again. A condensed overview of 15 hours of Fox News for the week ending October 23rd, 2022. Last week. The candidate endorsements on Fox News were so aggressive and brazen that a typical Fox News viewer might have thought the network formally merged with the Republican Party. A Fox fan might also think that every American city 
was on the brink of destruction due to runaway crime and that inflation and high energy prices were only affecting Americans. Anyone who exclusively watched Fox wouldn't know that Lebanon is close to a complete economic collapse, that a cement company pleaded guilty to helping ISIS, or that Senator Lindsey Graham will be forced to testify in an inquiry surrounding the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. As the midterm election approaches, Fox News is on overdrive to demonize Democrats, elevate Republican candidates, and scare the ever-living mind out of their viewers. The network is a regular horror movie of invading migrants, marauding bands of criminals, and woke communists that only Donald J. Trump's hand-picked candidates can save them from. Shows covered last week, Fox and Friends First Hour, The Five, and everybody's favorite, and I say that with the utmost sarcasm, Tucker Carlson Tonight. So our first section, crime, 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 run for your lives. Fox News has decided the best way to get its viewers out to the polls is to terrify them into action. Crime stories are always a favorite topic at Fox, but as the midterms approach, the network has pushed things up a notch. Most programs include at least one cell phone clip of some brutal attack on the street or a person pilfering an entire shelf of deodorants from a drugstore. Fox and Friends host Steve Ducey even decided the New York City subway system has been renamed the Murder Express by the locals. So tonight I did a hashtag search on Twitter for hashtag Murder Express, one word. And the joke is I found that what looked like a very cute little murder mystery dinner package where, you know, you can like buy dinner and then watch actors do like a little murder mystery and you can guess who killed who like in front of you while you're eating. It's like a cute little American tradition. I know I have some international listeners, murder mystery dinner package. Anyway, that's all I found. I found tweet after tweet after tweet about this murder mystery package, which actually looked kind of fun. Anyway, and I did think it's kind of funny that they're saying Murder Express because the Metropolitan Transit Authority, also known as the MTA, is incredibly unreliable and slow. So I cannot imagine any locals here calling it Express anything. Um, We call it plenty of things. Trust me, we curse it daily. Uh, I do. And I'm not making light of the crime on the subway because there's always been crime on the subway. I have just numerous experiences myself my friends have it's just the way it is it's just new york it's kind of part of our our thing here so this next clip is from fox and friends they repeat a couple crime stats in this it's Ducey, kilmeade and rachel campos duffy was subbing for ansley Earnhardt this day so you'll hear all three of those voices so far this year there have been nine people murdered Yesterday, the very latest on the Murder Express, as uh, so many people refer to it. I'm in New York City, uh, and you think it's out of control? Maybe four blocks away, you might have been around Saturday morning, 3.45, and seen a smash and grab uh, in a jewelry store uh, where they took $500,000 in about five minutes. Maybe, uh, as you know, a man, you were in Queens last night and watched a man get his order screwed up, so he burned the place down. Maybe you were in Chelsea, where a madman with 12 prior arrests choked a woman, pushed a baby carriage, shoved another lady, and held on to her, he said, because he wants cops to show up so he can get killed by her. Again, 12 prior arrests. A madman randomly punched and choked a woman as she pushed a baby stroller in the park, then 
and he attacked a lady on a bench. Uh, he was arrested. He's been arrested 12 times before. One of the times he punched a doorman, no bail. He's got a psychiatric uh, history. And this isn't he appears emotionally disturbed. Naked man on drugs right outside of our studio. Um, it's everywhere. But the scale of what's going on here in New York City is so crazy. A, a car pulls up to you on a street in New York City. You don't know if that car is stolen. You don't know if that guy's right. got a gun. But, but the scale of what's going on here in New York City is so crazy. Uh, so nine people murdered in the subway. The station cleaner at the subway says it's sad. It's the new normal. Um, he's worked there for 15 years. He yeah. says, I've worked here half my life. It's not, it's, if it's not a subway surfer, it's a fight. If it's not a fight, it's a stabbing or a shooting. So you can decide who you want to believe. So I, I don't mean to make light of crime on the subway um, because there's kind of always crime on the subway. The thing that's very frustrating about New York City is we actually have a very low crime rate compared to other major cities on a per capita basis, but because the city is so enormous at 8.4 million people, roughly, it's just easy to find crime stories. And it's easy to cr find examples of crime because it's the density and the and the size. Um, New York City is bigger than several American states put together in some cases. I mean, that's how big it is. So it's a little misleading. And I did find Rachel Campos's Duffy's comment about the naked man on drugs funny because that's like yeah you live in new york city <laughs> that's what happens here there's sometimes naked men on drugs and you just kind of go okay whatever and you just keep walking that's part of the charm of the uh, largest city in the united states so i don't know i'm just kind of used to it um and there there's sadly there's always murders there's always accidents there's always all kinds of crime on the subway there's always crime all over the city but again because of the density it's not nearly as bad as they make it out on Fox News. And although the U.S. is experiencing an increase in crime that started during the worst days of the COVID-19 pandemic, most of the excitement around it is hype. The following chart, and then I include the chart from the FBA Crime Data Explorer with a link if you want to check it out. Um, and it's clear that here that's a slight uptick from 2019 until now, but the overall trend has been a dramatic drop in crime from the height in the near early 1990s. In 1991, the FBI reported around 750 violent crimes per 100,000 people. On the latest date on this chart, the number was around 400 violent crimes per 100,000 people for the year 2020. And I wish I could go back to the 70s, but it wouldn't let me. The FBI uh, Bureau Crime Data Explorer limited me to 1985. I wanted to keep going back. It could be that they don't have that same kind of information in their database because um, they're always changing it and upgrading it. But boy, the 70s were much worse than the 90s. So I was just like, why? Wow. It's very dramatic. If you look at the chart, it's very, very dramatic. And if you don't want to go to the newsletter, you can go to my Twitter. It's right on my Twitter. So Fox also likes to blame Democrat governors and mayors for the increase in crime, but the data shows a very different picture. I include the top 10 states for crime via the World Population Review, and I also include the top 10 cities for crime, same source, with hyperlinks. So when you're looking at the top 10 states for crime, over half of them are Republican states, and I'm judging it Republican if it voted, if the state voted for uh, Trump in the last election, and it's Democrat if it voted for Biden. So in this case, you're dealing with, like, here's the order. It goes New Mexico is number one, Louisiana, Colorado, South Carolina, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Washington, 
Tennessee, Oregon, and then Missouri. That's the top 10 states. Notice you did not hear New York. You did not hear California. Top 10 cities for crime. And this breaks my heart because it's my hometown. Number one, and it, it tops the list almost every single year, is St. Louis, Missouri, uh, followed by Detroit, Baltimore, Memphis, Little Rock, Milwaukee, Rockford, Illinois, Cleveland, Stockton, California, and Albuquerque. So again, you're dealing with a mixture of red and blue. It's not uniquely a Republican problem. It's not uniquely a Democrat problem. Some people on Twitter were coming at me over a comment I made about Kathy Hochul because uh, Fox was trying to blame Kathy Hochul for the crime in New York City. And they literally said something like she should clean up New York City. And I thought, well, that's Eric Adams, the mayor's job. So Again, Fox is very flexible on that. You know, they'll say Democratic-run cities when they're trying to trash a city for having high crime, but they never mention if it's in a red state. And St. Louis, Missouri, the number one city in the country for high crime rates, is in a very, very red state. Um, I think it went like 20 points for Trump in the last election. It's very high. So, and I also want to point out that Chicago, Illinois, was ranked 21 with a crime rate it was about half of what St. Louis's was because they're judging this on a per capita basis, which is far more indicative of how dangerous a city is. Because if you just go by numbers, it's you can't because Chicago has a population of 2.7 million people and it is much, much larger than most American cities. The drop off goes New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston. And then after Houston, there's no city that really comes close to population of those top four. So. The stats of Chicago are going to be huge because it's a huge city and it does have a crime problem, of course, but they are it is kind of overblown simply because it's the numbers are always big because the proportion is just it's just a big, big city. So the midterms, Fox openly promoted Republicans and boy, did they. So Hannity last week showed a very specific pattern. If it was a close race, he would trash the Democrat two to three times more than he'd even mention the Republican. And I saw this perfect, perfect little arc that he created when I did went through the transcripts of how he talked about the candidates. Now, Carlson did not follow this pattern. Carlson was kind of all over the place. And the things that I noticed about Carlson that were very interesting is I don't quite understand the Kathy Hochul Lee Zeldin obsession um, because the polls just look overwhelmingly in the favor of Kathy Hochul. And she's the Democrat. And this is a blue state. So I'm not really sure why they think Lee Zeldin's going to pull this out of nowhere. Um, the other one that Tucker spent a lot of time on that didn't quite make a ton of sense was Evan McMullen. He's running as an independent in Utah for the Senate race there. The polls do not show him having a prayer whatsoever. Um, but he did come up like on one poll, one point above the Republican, the incumbent, Mike Lee. And I guess it's what spurred it. Interestingly enough, they also talked about DeSantis, which that doesn't look close at all either, who's running for governor in Florida. And they spent, he, Tucker Carlson spent a lot of time with Stacey Abrams, who's running for the governor of Georgia. And she's down seven points. So I'm not sure why she warranted so much uh, energy and focus. Of course, Fox News spent a lot of time, an inordinate amount of time, uh, trashing John Fetterman. That's a very important seat for them. And then Tucker Carlson took his worship of Carrie Lake to a whole new level. If he could have made her president of the world just from gushing about her, he would have. And Carrie Lake's kind of an intense character. He did this whole monologue about how 
the um, media is evil and Carrie Lake is proof of that because she was on the media and now she's openly admitting that it's evil. And I'm thinking, wait a second, Tucker Carlson, you were on the media saying this out loud. So I'm not quite sure what journey you're going on there, but okay. And I'm going to do a very brief Carrie Lake impression because I, if you're new to the podcast, I sort of imitate these people from time to time. And this is my Carrie Lake. I'm Carrie Lake. And if you are a Democrat in Arizona, I'm going to squash you like a grape. I'm going to just take my stilettos and crush you into the ground till you're flattened and everything comes oozing out because I'm Carrie Lake and I used to work in the media and my soul is black and everything must die. Okay, I'm kidding. I don't think she actually thinks that. It's a joke, but she's she's very intense. She's I kind of wonder if she's like going to just like, I don't know, get a whip and just start beating people and cackling. And no judgment. People pay a lot of money for that. I'm not judging. I just, she just kind of scares me like nightmares. Carrie Lake. We'll see. She could be the next governor of Arizona. It's a little terrifying. The one thing I do want to point out that was very strange, and I don't quite understand this because a Senate seat is a Senate seat, is Fox News has completely ignored the race in Nevada. They did not mention Catherine Cortez Masto and Adam Paul Laxett once, not once, and I triple, quadruple checked through that transcript. That race is less than one point away now on 538. So you'd think that would be the one that they'd be pushing. I'm not sure what's going on. Catherine Cortez Masto is the incumbent. She is a Democrat. And Adam Paul Laxett is the Republican. Fox has completely ignored that race. Very odd. They're spending all their time on uh, the senator race in Georgia and the senatorial race in Pennsylvania. And a little bit in Ohio. Um... Not as much, but they're completely ignoring Nevada. And that looks like that could be a seat that they're going to get. I don't know yet, but that's a little odd. So the next clip is our favorite Judge Judge Janine saying something crazy. That's my Judge Janine. I'm going to throw a pen and then tell you to shut up because that's who I am. I'm a 71-year-old woman and I put up with nothing. Okay, that's I'm getting a little worked up here, but here's the clip. I'll walk you through it after I play the clip. Which it's a general consensus among economists that it has contributed to inflation. But I have this list of G20 countries. He says it's the rest of the world that's suffering. It's not the rest of the world. It's like China's doing better, Japan's doing better, Saudi Arabia's doing better, Switzerland, France, South Korea, Indonesia. They don't even know the facts. The global rate of inflation is 8.8%. Ideally, inflation should be at about 2% or slightly lower. Of the G20 countries, which this list contains, 96% have inflation of 3% or higher. 46% have inflation at 8.2% or higher, which is the rate of the United States. Of this list, which includes all 186 countries, 92% have inflation rates of 3% or higher. 58%, that is more than half, have inflation rates at 8.2% or higher. Now, Judge Janine also mentioned France. How's it going in France? In France, tens of thousands walked off their jobs today, striking for pay hikes to keep up with decades-high inflation. So yes, inflation very much is a global problem. So to just simplify that, 
The global rate of inflation is 8.8%. The United States is at 8.2%, so we're lower than the global rate of inflation. But when you look at all 186 economies that were listed, 58% of them, that's more than half, have a rate of inflation the same as the United States or higher, and in some cases, much higher. Even the Netherlands, their inflation is 14.5% right now. The UK is at 10% inflation. So this is really happening all over the world. And what Judge Jeanine did there is she did a classic Fox trick of taking things out of context. She didn't mention that half the countries she actually listed have rates of inflation that would still be considered high because anything above 2% is not great. 3% is not terrible. But when you get into 5%, 6%, that's bad. You feel that. It's not great. And in France, where they do have a lower than our rate, they are having protests in the streets of Paris because of the rates of inflation, which I, that clip was from PBS that I, I inserted in that. Fox also tends to act as if inflation can be uh, switched off just with you know the right president making a few calls here or there, spending less money, and then it's all over. Sadly, that's not how it works. It's very tricky to slow this thing down, and we'll just see what happens. I, I cannot predict. I can, I'm not an economist. I have no idea. Um, I do know that the economist I talked to when I was in grad school um, often said that because of the pandemic and the stimulus and all the weird things that happened to the economy and the supply chain, that this is basically a science experiment. They don't know what's going to happen either, which is why there was so much confusion and so many people saying transitory because they genuinely did not know. So this next clip is Tucker Carlson being Tucker Carlson. I'm going to play it and then explain it. It's, oh, it's just more Nazi crap. This guy cannot help himself. He just, I don't know, can he go a month without some sort of Nazi reference or Nazi guest or white nationalism or some sort of horrible thing coming out of his mouth? I don't think so. I got two in one week. Here you go. So if you were to go onto Amazon to read books by a man who is in the news and whose ideas are directly bearing on world events, you look for a guy called Alexander Dugin. Dugin is one of Russia's most famous authors and political philosophers. He doesn't work for the government. He doesn't work for Vladimir Putin. He's just a philosopher. So if you're interested in, like, what are they thinking over there, you would search Dugin's author page on Amazon, but you would not find any results. Really? Kind of a big author to be left off Amazon. So we reached out to Amazon to ask, why can't we find any books by this guy? And then we realized because he's been banned from Amazon. Amazon complies with all applicable laws. Hmm, applicable laws. Well, in the United States, there are no laws against publishing books because we have the First Amendment. The government can never, under any circumstances, censor any book. Now, this is as clear a violation as the First Amendment as you could concoct in a law school class. So then we reach out to the Treasury Department. Did this really happen? Yeah, it did. They essentially confirmed it. Quote, we don't comment on possible enforcement matters, but the Treasury Department continues to vigorously enforce Russia-related sanctions. Oh, really? So that is an edit from a much longer clip that was very confusing, and I had to cut it down for length anyway. So in the larger segment, Carlson never actually proves that the U.S. government banned any books by anybody. That, that man's titles might be part of a sanction against Russia. I don't know. Um, it's unclear. However, no one bookseller has to carry everything in print at any given time. That would be absolute madness. 
And so it's not against the First Amendment. Like, it's like if you would go to a corner bookstore and they don't carry a book, do you start screaming my First Amendment rights? Absolutely not. You just find another bookseller. There's more than one bookseller in the United States, even though Amazon is huge. And I also want to point out that the philosopher that is Tucker's referring to is incredibly pro-Putin. He wants Russia to conquer the world, basically, all of Eurasia, destroy the United States. He was affiliated with neo-Nazi groups. He was part of a neo-Nazi group. Um, he has incredibly hateful ideas. He has called for genocide against the Ukrainian people. So, yeah, wow, big shocker that Tucker loves him. So this clip that I'm going to play you was part of the tweet that I made of that segment. This is the actual corporate statement that Amazon has made about what books they do carry and don't carry, which I think is fairly clear. We don't sell certain content, including content that we determine is hate speech, promotes the abuse or sexual exploitation of children, contains pornography, glorifies rape or pedophilia, advocates terrorism, or other material we deem inappropriate or offensive. It would actually be far more tyrannical for the government to force a corporation like Amazon to sell every single book in print. I mean, think about it. Like, you're a company, you want to run your company how you want to run your company, the government should not be telling you, you, you have to carry these books that you don't want to carry. Like, that's crazy. Um, and also, like, I won't say the title, but for a project, because I don't want to promote this, this hideous book in any way, shape, or form, but I was working on a project that involved neo-Nazis and had to look up a book that's very notorious that's been banned all over the place. Amazon doesn't carry it. You can't find it used. It's really difficult to come by. However, the internet being the internet, I found a PDF of it in about 20 minutes and have a copy. So it's not difficult to find this stuff. Tucker Carlson knows that. Tucker Carlson, basically, I don't, I cannot see inside the man's head, but I think he was purposely doing that just to promote that person. And I'm not even saying the man's name. I just can't. I just won't. With that, I'm also going to add a very, very short segment um, of something that Tucker Carlson said last week that just chilled me to my bones and I got so angry that man makes me so incredibly mad here's the clip are they poisoning the wells are they baking bread with the blood of your children so that I'll give you the context he was going on a rant about Tiffany Cross he was basically calling her racist Tiffany Cross is a black woman who is a commentator like an anchor on MSNBC and he was taking clips of her talking about white people um, white people have been horrible to black people so I think she has every right to say that. I do. I don't think that's racist to say that, given the history of our country. That is an anti-Semitic trope, what he just said. Blood libel is a myth uh, that goes back hundreds of years that was aimed, targeted at the Jewish people in Europe for basically using, the, the myth was that they used the blood of Christian children in their rituals, including the baking of matzah. How many Jews died because of that garbage? No, I, I, predating the Holocaust. Predating the Holocaust. How many Jewish families were terrorized, killed, driven out of their homes because of that kind of hate? So I'm sorry, I'm not going to take that lightly when he just slips that into a monologue. And I, I cannot see inside his mind. I say this all the time. But it sounded to me like a nice nod, a nod, a wink, a nudge to his extremist base who he knows is watching. Like, I'm still here. Don't worry. See? See what I did there? 
got one in on the Jews out of nowhere. I'm sorry. It's just disgusting. There's no reason to put that in there. It's not funny. It's 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 not humorous to be like, oh, ha, 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 blood. Because it's so specific, you know what you're talking about. That's too specific of a reference. Absolutely disgusted with this man. Now, this next clip, oh, God, Tucker Carlson. Is This segment followed. This was Jason Whitlock followed immediately this whole thing about Tiffany Cross. And he goes on a whole Christian nationalism rant, which is a deeply troubling movement in the United States right now. That's the entire agenda here. They're not hiding it. America is a failure in their mind because the outcomes uh, don't meet their demographic criteria or quotas. And, and so all of this is to bait all of us into a race war and distract us from an attack on America, its constitution, and primarily, it's an attack on God. I'm, people get upset that, oh, like Christian nationalism. This country was founded on biblical principles, period, end of story. This is a biblical experiment, the United States of America, and it has been a success. The atheists, the Marxists, the people hostile to God want to end this biblical experiment, and they're using race to tear it down. Yes, that's a whole movement that is increasingly problematic across the country, uh, Christian nationalism and Tucker Carlson being Tucker Carlson's like, let's give that guy a platform. Let's elevate his voice. I want all 3.8 million of my viewers to see him speak and say that horrible stuff. <sighs> now, on a lighter note, this is one of my categories that doesn't come up very often. Uh, it always tickles me when it does. This is from Fox and Friends. It is Rachel Campos Duffy talking to a completely like kind of a, a normal guy as a small business owner. And this is what I like to call Fox guest goes rogue as occasionally this happens. So what happens with a Fox guest goes rogue is somebody gets on Fox and then just doesn't follow the script. And uh, this is a great example of that. Why do you think that you there is this labor shortage? Why are you struggling so hard to find workers? You know, I, there's a whole lot of reasons. In, in, in Utah, we have, in Provo, we have 1.9% or excuse 1.9% unemployment, or the lowest in the country. Um, and we have a very highly educated population. We have two universities right, right near us. And so because of that, um, we, we see jobs, people that were in jobs before. During the pandemic, we had a lot of tech jobs come in, and so we're just seeing a lot of that. That's what's happening a lot of times with, with our employees. Uh, there are other issues as well. Um, we just don't have the traditional employees that we used to have. Um, the the college-age students, they're just not working the way they did in the industry. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of tech jobs and things like that have taken up. All right. Well, some people are saying it's because of government handouts as well that are um, hurting hurting the ability of people to make hires. But um, I trust that it's the tech jobs in, in your very highly educated town in Utah. Thanks for joining us this morning. Now you can't see this in the audio, but he basically made a face and kind of an awkward smile as she just sort of stuck that answer in that he did not give her. Classic Fox. Brilliant moment there. And Rachel Campos Duffy, if you don't know her, got her start 
on MTV. She's Rachel Campos Duffy, and she says really awful things on the show all the time. She likes to talk about conspiracy theories and George Soros a little bit too often. You know, like that. She's kind of crazy. She, I always get good clips from her, though, because she just says crazy stuff. So uh, we're rounding out the end of the po- podcast here and the newsletter. So uh, stories that Fox thought were newsworthy that were not newsworthy is some surveillance video from a Whole Foods showed Gabby Pe- Petro right before she died. This story is very old. It's over a year old. And this basically, I'll just explain it very quickly. This beautiful young blonde woman was killed by her fiancé. And at first she was like missing... And all of the press wanted to make a big deal out of this. Like, oh no, another missing blonde white woman. Uh, She was found almost immediately, unfortunately deceased. And then her fiance killed himself right afterwards. That's it. That's the whole story. But sadly, Fox wants to still milk this a year after her death. And quite frankly, I feel bad for her family that they have to see this over and over again in the press. So the second one that's a story that shouldn't be a story was Dustin Hopkins, who's a kicker on an NFL team. At the end of his, you know, the, he he kicked the field goal, they won the game, and he thanked Jesus. And Fox News thought that was worthy of a segment, <laughs> which is lovely. If he loves Jesus, it's great. I have no problem with that or his faith, and I don't mean to diminish it. But that's not worthy of a segment because it's like every other athlete. Okay, then we go into the crazy long section, which is stories Fox News ignored and every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of PBS NewsHour. And the following stories are covered on PBS and Fox News did not even talk about them. So the war in Ukraine, Russia declared martial law in areas it recently tried to illegally annex through a referendum. Israel offered Ukraine early warning technology that would help the Ukrainians detect incoming drones. In less than two weeks, Israel will have its fifth general election and Bibi Netanyahu is running again. Ha <laughs> ha! The U.S. accuses Iran of selling drones to Russia for the war in Ukraine, which would be a violation of a U.N. ban. The anti-government protests in Iran continued across the country. A fire broke out in a Tehran prison in Iran. Uh, Also, an Iranian athlete, a female athlete, did not wear her headscarf in a competition in South Korea. She said, oh, it was a mistake. I, you know, sorry. But she was when she came back to Iran, she was greeted with a hero's welcome. Um, It's unsure what's going to happen to her. I hope she's going to be okay. So there's also a crushing economic crisis in Lebanon. And the story that PBS featured showed people robbing their own banks to get their own money. So like they have a deposit in a bank and they don't hurt anybody, but they show up and they rob the bank to get their own money. Couldn't make that up. Absolutely crazy segment on PBS. Um The increased food prices and energy are causing severe food insecurity in Chad. It's directly because of the war in Ukraine. Tribal clashes killed over 170 people in two days in the southern part of Sudan. Thousands marched in Paris to protest inflation. Suicides among active duty service members in the U.S. dropped last year. Trump hotels overcharged Secret Service agents exorbitant rates. Of course, Fox did not talk about that. Former President Donald J. Trump made an anti-Semitic comment on a truth social post, which was disgusting. And again, it's just happening all over the place. It's making me very nervous. A federal court ruled that Senator Lindsey Graham must testify in a Georgia elections inquiry. Amazon workers near Albany, New York, voted not to join a union. The first uh, trial over a state ban on trans youth gender affirming care has begun in Arkansas. A federal jury found that actor Kevin Spacey 
didn't molest fellow actor Anthony Rapp in the 1980s, bringing an end to a civil trial. And again, that's just a civil trial. Some people got confused on that. Not criminal. The Winter Outlook, released today by the Climate Prediction Center, a division of the National Weather Service, predicted another dry and warmer winter this season. The U.S. budget deficit was cut in half last year. And then the U.S. Surgeon General, Vivek H. Murthy, laid out a roadmap for companies to improve the mental health of their employees and create a healthier work environment. So yes, all of those stories were featured on just five hours of PBS NewsHour and not in 15 hours of Fox News, which is honestly kind of embarrassing for the network, in my opinion. Um, There's also charts at the end of the newsletter. Again, if you're confused why I keep talking about this newsletter, it sort of works in tandem with the podcast. It's at my Substack for decoding Fox News. It's 100% free if you want to check it out. I go through the top five categories for each uh, Fox News and PBS. I also go through a word count of how many times they say certain words. And as a joke, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC, always makes the list. Uh, Hunter Biden, not so much last week, but he will be back. They cycle him in and out all the time. It's basically at this point, fear, 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 migrants, 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 inflation, inflation, crime. Biden is crazy and old. That's Fox News right there. And then occasionally, you know, not uh, Tucker will make a Nazi reference. And that's what I sit through for 15 hours for you. I do it for you, people. Okay, I'm getting a little loopy at this point. But thank you so much for listening. If you want to support this project, I have a Patreon for Decoding Fox News. I also have a tip thing at the top of my Twitter. I'm going to get a Fudgy the Whale. That's a Carvel ice cream cake. I did it when I I had a GPA of 3.7. And for 10,000 followers, thank you so much for listening. 